Hello, hello. Today is Monday, February 15th, 2021. And last week I had a couple of guests and we talked about New Jersey Devils hockey and a whole NHL discussion as well as Super Bowl 55. But this week I actually have two new guests on my show. And these two are pretty familiar, if I say so myself, and Noah Gugliata, or otherwise known as Googs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit of a familiar saying. Yep. And Sean Johnson. Hi, Sean. Oh, let's go. What's up, guys. How we hey. doing? How we doing? Good, good. Hey, Sean, I just got to first off, thank you for coming on. I had to text you last night. I wanted to make sure, um, you know, it means a lot. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you're probably asleep at this time and you're more up at 3 a.m. <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he got tight, his tight he, schedule around here. He tight got schedule. his rest. He got his That's rest. True. Ready to go. His beauty sleep in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so if you guys are not familiar, we are on another podcast slash radio show that we do. And it's called the sports fever. Anthony Colasano is the host on it. However, he could not make it today. So stinks, but at least I got you two. We're all on it. Check it out, baby. I mean, it's cool. But today, for DeRosa's take, we got a lot to talk about. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of a fun segment, I think, in the end. It's uh, it's already making me a little bit, uh, getting me a little bit of an appetite. You know what I'm saying, boys? <laughs> yeah, you get, you're getting hungry already. I am too. Oh, me too. And I eat around, uh, I don't know, one. So, I don't know. It's only... you, you said you ate that burrito. And you yeah, no. So I had a burrito from the food that we go here, right? And I get it. It's like soggy, like a freaking diaper, you know? It was really <laughs> gross. It was just like, uh, I kind of opened it up. It's like wet, it's mushy. And I had to like unpeel it and like, you know, just eat it with a fork from there. So if I didn't have a fork, I don't know what I would be doing. What What's what's in the, what was in the burrito? What? Um, I had beef. I had uh I think chipotle sauce too, which is pretty good. It's, you know, a little fire. I know yeah. Anthony would like that. He'd give it a, he'd give it a W-O-W like uh, Eric the Electric <laughs> does. But uh, it was okay. It, it was good as I peeled it. But if I had it with just the actual wheat burrito itself, I, I would have not liked it too much. Yeah. You know, you know, what did you have, Googs? I, you know what I had? I, uh, my, my dad got cold cuts. So I mm. had a, uh, salami provolone. There you go. Uh, on wheat bread. It was, or, oh, I guess, yeah, it was really good. I, salami and provolone cheese is That's so cheese. underrated. It's That's like cheese, it, in my opinion. It, for, especially for sandwiches, like, oh, it's, yeah. It, it's perfect. It's just, it's not too sharp, but sharp enough and like has that mozzarella. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so good. Provolone Even alone. is really good. Even alone. Yeah, oh, I, I, I just the other day I, I took a piece and just started munching on it. It was so good. Yeah, was I awesome. do it all the time, Goose. I, I, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Sean, what did you have? All right, <clears throat> so I was having this five course meal today. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> steak man, lobster. You're so, you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat anything now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll be talking oh, about food. So uh, he's, by four o'clock. He's going to be like, like yeah, no be right back. I got to yeah. get a bagel. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He took he took that break and got the bagel. I that I was excited that was for that so bagel. That was so fucking funny. I'm sorry. That was so good. That was. I don't blame you. I was getting hungry too. And tomorrow we got to do some stuff as well with all that. But uh, it, yeah. should be, it should be a good one. But yeah. anyways, we'll get into food later. I think that's going to be a really fun and uh, – 
different kind of segment. I don't think I've ever done it kind of before. We talked about it on our past one, but we really talked about Super Bowl foods. And yeah. I want to talk more specifically about something else. But before we get into that way later on, uh, big time news, boys. I'm living the life. Just just think about me, right? We, we get a little bit of a break due to the fact that seven, uh, the semester is over and I'm just living my life and I go on fucking Twitter and I see you, Darvish and Blake Snell are San Diego Padres and I'm living the life, you know? I'm like, wow, look at this. We're finally doing something. I had to live with Tyson Ross as our pitcher and Carlos Asuaje as our second baseman. And I was like, wow. Look at the difference that there is. I put them on MLB The Show 20. I was like, look, look how good they look in their, in their jerseys. And just recently, the whole Trevor Bauer offseason free agency saga has come to an end. And the Mickey Mouse 2020 Cy Young winner in Trevor Bauer signs with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I call it Mickey okay, Mouse. Okay. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to have to cut you off right there because oh. he was a red last season. The Reds, you know, second favorite team. I'm from Cincinnati. So anything he did last season, it's okay. But going into this next season, ah, yeah, fuck him. Who cares about him? Yeah, yeah, fuck him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm calling it a Mickey Mouse Cy Young now. I didn't before, but – Okay, you get a pass. Wanna... Yeah, no, thank you, Sean. Thank you because it is – you know what? Screw it. 60 games, he's been good for the past year, year and a half maybe. And uh, he's been compared to some average pitchers, and he got fucking overpaid. I mean, he was compared and really showed a lot of similar stats to Tanner Rourke, who isn't that good of a pro, but he's a serviceable pitcher, I'd say. And uh, woo-wee! So before we get into the contract, fellas, the Dodgers' potential starter rotation goes like this. Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller, who just avoided arbitration and extended two years, $8 million with the Dodgers. David Price, who sat out due to COVID-19. And for the fifth starter, they can go five, six, anything like that because of the fact that they can go with either Julio Urias, Dustin May, or even, I think, Bruce Stargratterall. Um, he declined the Mets deal, man. Bauer, it was either the Mets or the Dodgers. And he decided, fuck it, I want to go home. He's from North Hollywood. So before we really dive into the contract, Sean, I'll go with you first because of your comment on that. How are you feeling about Bauer and just going to a Dodgers team and kind of like a Kevin Durant-like situation, going to possibly be a ring chaser in this situation? I, I like your comments before saying, like, you know, he's not he's, – he's pretty average, like, for his – pretty much his whole career. He hasn't been, like, dominant like that except for his last year in Cincinnati. Which, I mean, like, yeah, he had a great year. If the Reds had done anything in the playoffs offensively, maybe they could have made a run at it with how well he was pitching in the playoffs. But, I mean, that was, like, his first really great year, you know. So, Mm -hmm. for him to be paid that much, especially from the Dodgers, who are already paying, like, some big bucks for, like, Mookie Betts and, like, you know, others, it's a little surprising to me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think the – Dodgers, they're way over like the luxury tax and all that. So they're making a huge risk here. And people are saying, oh, it's not that big of a risk right now. But what about for guys that become free agents and test the market in the future? You have you have to worry about Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager. So the Dodgers could potentially lose one, both, any of those guys due to the fact that Bauer has this contract. Now, Noah, 
before I do get into the payments and the yearly uh, status, how are you feeling about Bauer? Are you shocked in a way that he went here rather than the Mets route? What's going on in your head, man? I mean, the, the Mets deal was done. Uh, there, there were there were reports that said to the Mets, I think it was uh, Bob Nightingale. Oh, uh, go figure. Bob yeah, Nightingale. Brutalized. Brutalized. And, and uh, yeah, he was – I remember seeing that, and you're thinking the Mets just really – they really solidified more of a rotation. But, but you guys are right. I mean, he had a phenomenal year last year, and I think people really saw what he did in that playoff game and and just said, this is who he is. And he really only had one other like great season in, in 2018, whereas, you know, ERA was like 221. But like, that's not, it's not enough of a, of, of a sample size to say, let's give him all this money. But the Dodgers, I mean, they're, they're spending, they're looking to get, make a dynasty, I think. And I, it's funny, I saw a tweet where they said, you know, look at the Dodgers, they're going out of their way, getting people, getting on every, every part of the ball. And the Yankees are afraid to sign anybody. It's like they they're they're signing old guys, and and it's 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 kind of hard to watch because the Dodgers. I, I looked on MLB uh, Instagram, and they they had the projections for what each team was going to do. They're they're projected to have 103 wins this season, you know. And Crazy. and it, it's it's like, do we like they were so great last year and, and got to, you know past the 40 win mark. Are they going to be able to do it? I, I think they probably will as long as they can stay healthy. But that them against the Padres is like – that's a top-tier matchup that I can't wait to watch. Me too. And with the additions of Darvish and Snell, I had a feeling that the Dodgers were going to do something big. And uh, this doesn't shock me, but the contract does. So it's rather interesting. Um, for the first year, he's getting $40 million in 2021, and he also has a player opt-out option. That's big. However, he's likely going to opt in due to the fact that in 2022, he's got $45 million on the table right there. But then again, he has a player opt-out option. By the time 2023 comes, the last year of that contract, it drops to $17 million. He'll be 32 years old around that time. He could try and say, you know what, I'll back out of the deal and see what I can get either elsewhere or with the Dodgers. But two years, I think I can confidently say he's staying with L.A. And this is this is crazy. Um, this is a crazy fucking stat right here if you're ready for this one. His first year of the contract worth $40 million, That money right there is worth more than the Pittsburgh Pirates roster combined. Polanco makes – the most guaranteed with around almost $12 million. But with so many guys that have gone, especially Josh Bell, and they really haven't gotten much out of that trade. I think they're going to lose be big losers in that trade. In fact, they're going to win like 55 games if they're lucky, if it's 162 total. But that's insane. He makes more than the Pirates' whole team with guaranteed money with just the first year in that contract. So three years, $102 million, That's official. The Mets offer just a... Or around that, but above it, 105 million. Then again, the man's from North Hollywood. He decided, you know what? Let's go home. He grew up a huge Dodger fan too. You know, you know, and also the thing is, is I saw another tweet that was like, he wants to make it this LeBron style announcement where you know he's, and it, it's like it kind of seemed like it was more about the pomp and circumstance instead of just making a decision based on who who he really wants to go to. Like, I I gotta say. I think 
the the challenge of the Mets would would have been more attractive to somebody like him. Like think think about think about that team and what they've been going through. They haven't won a World Series since what eighty six. Mm. Imagine going there with you know your former teammate in Lindor and putting it all together and giving giving a championship to New York. I mean that would be a huge deal. And I just feel like I, I don't want to say he took the easy way out, but going to the Dodgers and what they've what what they have already, what they they have as that base, I just think it's kind of a, a maybe a weak move. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It's just kind of a weird. I don't know. I mean, it is interesting too because I've been reading headlines that Kershaw is uncertain about his future with the Dodgers. He could be a free agent within I think the upcoming year or two. So let's say he leaves, then Bauer is definitely going to be the number one guy in the rotation. Yeah. Unless it's Bueller. I think Bueller's well deserved to be one of them uh, higher up there rather than three. But uh, this is crazy. Uh, like I said, I knew the Dodgers were going to clap back at some point, but fuck, man. I think he got overpaid for a guy that has similar stats to Tanner Wark. I think the Mets may have dodged a bullet and a beautiful one. Yeah. I, I, and so. Do you, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. Yeah, Sean. Sean sorry. Yeah, so, sorry to cut you off there, but no, you're good. I kind of go back to what you're saying about how you know, because I heard about this too, how he wanted to kind of make it like a LeBron kind of like you know, uh-huh. um, taking my talents down to South Beach. Kind yeah, of movie, yeah. right? But LeBron is you know freaking LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Trevor exactly. Bauer, as you said, he's got similar sets to Roark. Like, I mean, come yeah, on. yeah. Like, if I would have seen Mike Trout making that move, okay, yeah. uh huh. Sure. But it's again Trevor Bauer not taking anything he did from the Reds away last year because again I, I really appreciated that. But uh, still, man, like it was one of his two good years. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's thirty years old or so. Who knows how much he has left in the tank? Let's say it was one hundred and sixty-two games. Would he have won a Cy Young? You know, yeah. There, there's questions about that. What I found really interesting, too, is Danny Vietti, who actually traced back Bauer's total career against the San Diego Padres. And we all know the Padres have had some (laughs) rough teams. So in his career, Bauer, four games started, whether it was with the Cleveland baseball team. You you like that? I can't can't say anymore. Um, The Cincinnati Reds or anything like that. Trevor Bauer in four games started. He has an 0-4 record with a 5.06 ERA, 30 strikeouts, a 3.11 FIP, which is pretty good, actually. It's better than anything else portrayed in this tweet. Nine walks given up, two batters he has hit, and he's given up 16 runs in 21 and a third innings pitched. Wow. So this is interesting. Now, Obviously, the Dodgers want to say, like, fuck you to the Padres and try and get Bauer out here and say, yeah, we're the one up. We're the uh, we're not going to be the underdogs at all. But with Bauer's struggles and the Padres offense just getting better, surprisingly better and better. I think Bauer just took the Kevin Durant route. Can the Dodgers do it again? It's a really easy division except for the Padres. That's it. That's it. You know. And and do you, but do you guys think that they're the favorites? Do they make themselves the favorites because of this move? Like where do, where are like because you know they're they're projected to be the hundred three win team or whatever. Oh yeah, even before the Bauer yeah move, I thought the Dodgers would be favorites by three three to five wins. Honestly, the Padres in sixty games put up a fight where they were creeping up. 
I knew they were going to get the wild card in that in that way. The Dodgers were just playing phenomenal baseball, but uh, it's going to be a dogfight. And you know what? Who cares? Because winning the division doesn't mean fucking shit. Look at the Nationals in 2019, <laughs> wild card team and one and all. You don't know. You get hot yeah. at the right time. I don't give a shit if you win the division or not. That's it. Let's say there's expanded playoffs. It's not one game, which I think it should be best of three. I think that's actually uh, better for just TV networks in general. Broadcast more games. It's better for baseball. More games out there. Let's say it is that. It's not go uh, win or go home just yet, you know. Yeah. But there's another move that happened. Instead of a free agency acquisition, it has now been a trade. And, Sean, you are a huge Red Sox fan. Um, so this one's big. This guy was projected to be a superstar in the making for the Boston Red Sox organization. Now he has been a good pro. I'm a huge fan of him. However, he has not lived up to the hype. And some say he has regressed in the past couple of years, ever since he's really been called up. And that goes by the name of Andrew Benatendi as he has been traded to the Kansas city Royals and a three team trade involving the fucking Mets. I mean, it's ridiculous. The fucking Mets just swoop, like swoop in and they just grab someone and go. They just exit right through the door. But let's just focus on Ben and what's happening here. So Ben Attendee is going to the Kansas City Royals. Franchi Cordero, a Florida Padre, he was with the Royals. Now he's heading to the Red Sox. He's projected to be your, for right now, everyday left fielder. I know you guys actually just got Marvin Gonzalez, by the way. So if you want to mention that too, feel free. <laughs> Um, and Khalil Lee goes to the Mets. He's a pretty high prospect. He's number eight with the Royals at the time. So Benintendi is now a member of the Royals. Cordero, who has been injury prone, that kind of player that just has a power, high strikeout ratio. He's going to the Red Sox, projected to play left field. Sean, I'll come to you first. You're the big Red Sox fan, man. You got you go from Mookie Betts, Benintendi, and Jackie Bradley to – Frenchie Cordero, possibly bringing back Jackie Bradley or just sticking with Verdugo and going to Renfro and right, man. Big changes. Sean, just give me your take about this trade, man. I mean, it's, you know, the Drake song, you know, started from the bottom. Now we're here with the Red Sox. It's it's like we started from the top and now we're here. Like, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so sad to see everybody gone. I mean, Bets on the Dodgers. Who knows what will happen with JBJ? And then, uh, you know, Benintendi, obviously, he's gone now. But honestly, I was not the biggest fan of Benintendi. Obviously, he had a great postseason in the uh, in 2018. He helped us win. And I'll never forget that one catch that he made against the Astros with the uh, bases were loaded. We were up two, and there were two outs left in the ninth. And uh, he made a diving catch to win the game, which pretty much won us the series. Because I believe it was 2-1 at the time. If he doesn't make that catch, it's it's 2-2. And, you know, we're we're in a tie series with the cheating Astros. So, you know, he, he will always forever be in my heart as a Red Sox. But his last few years, or even, bef- even before that 2018 uh, campaign for the World Series, he was just always, like, painfully average. I mean, yeah, like I said, he popped off in that World Series run. But then... Before that and after that, it was just like, man, this guy could not get it going. Like, during the regular season, it was just like, he might have had, like, one or two good seasons, but, like, I always just felt like he was underperforming. I know he had a lot of potential, but he just was not blooming in Boston. 
So, you know what? I'm not mad at the trade because we did get a lot for Benintendi. I didn't even think he'd be worth that much anymore because, like I said, he was just not blooming as much as we thought he was. Yeah, he's got the potential, but still. uh, Also, fun fact, he is from Cincinnati. I went to the same school with him at the same time. Oh, wow. I didn't know the same school. I knew he was from Cincinnati. Wow, that's Mm -hmm. actually freaking cool, dude. Yeah, so we were walking the halls together. He's in sixth grade. I was in kindergarten, but uh, oh yeah. my god, oh <laughs> my god, that. that's still awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but getting back to uh, mm-hmm. the players that we got, Cordero. I mean, you said he was a former Padre. I don't know much about him, but uh, also don't forget uh, Kike Hernandez. He, he's a right, super, right. Uh, yeah, super. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Utility, uh, utility guy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Super utility guy. He could play anywhere. Besides, like, catcher and pitcher. But, uh, yeah, we could throw him in the outfield if we need to. But uh, I'm thinking we're probably going to go Renfro and right and left field, maybe Cordero. I, I Like I said, I don't know much about this guy. And then I guess we'll run Verdugo and center. That's what I was and expecting, we, too. I that's if we don't get JBJ back, though. Yeah, of course. And if anything, make Cordero kind of on the bench as a utility guy, DH, anything like that, and then put yeah. in – you never you want Verdugo out there, so JBJ mm-hmm. can take on center field. And I think there's a reunion in the making. I, I don't see him leaving, honestly. I've been hearing that him and Boston have had contract talks. So uh, with Ben and Tenny gone, I definitely do see a JBJ reunion in the in the works. Uh, this kind of shocked me, Googs. I thought Ben and Tenny was going to go to a different market like the A's and kind of establish himself there, but he's going to the Royals, man. Uh, Give me your take on this whole trade and even the Mets getting a top 10 prospect in Khalil Lee. You know, as a, as a Yankees fan, watching Ben Benintendi, especially, you know, when, when they were making their runs and in the playoffs and, you know, that championship run, it, that, that team and him, I mean, he was, he, I think he, that season that they won the championship, he had like a 290 average. He had like 160 something hits. He, he had just a great season. So it's, it's kind of, crazy to see him and that whole outfield kind of imploded in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know what? It, now I look at that team and just see that it's, it's, they know they're going to be kind of rebuilding and trying to figure things out. And I don't even know, like, where do they, Sean, like, where do they go with their starting pitching? Where do they go with certain things? I know they got out of, you know, uh, to kind of reinforce the, their bullpen, but like, they're just they're just kind of in like this state of limbo where you know what are what are they doing to like make this team better? You know that's a great question because I I for one have like no idea because yeah. I you know we still have a lot of good players around the team. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't have all the pieces to be good right now, and that's scary because I don't want any of like you know like Xander Bogarts or like I, I don't even know what's going to happen with JD Martinez because he fell off a little bit Ooh, last season. Not all about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, you know I'd love to keep them both around. And then you know Sale obviously we didn't see him at all last year. And then uh, oh yeah, and we also got a few uh, other players from that trade too, like Winkowski. He's yeah, the that's right relief, right? Is he, is he a relief pitcher? Or is he a starter? I think he's a reliever. You got to double check on me on that. But yeah, yeah, I. I believe he's a reliever too, but uh, you know, that's also good for our bullpen. And then as you said, a lot of, you know, too. So like I said, there's just like a few guys in there, but like after sale for our starting pitchers, like we have like Eduardo Rodriguez and like 
Martin yeah. Perez. Sheesh. And that's as good as it gets. Like, and our, I mean, our pitching has always been a problem, even during our World Series run. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's not looking good in Boston. You know, and, and I just want to say, like, I, I watched a lot of the, you know, the Yankees Red Sox games, and they would talk about JD Martinez having issues because the the video they I, there were issues with the video thing because of what happened with the Astros I guess you couldn't go back and look at the um the film or the tapes of what was going on with your swing and stuff and and JD. pictures that people were yeah so JD obviously I think was really struggling because of that but this year he needs to show that he can adapt and make something happen but I know that that was something they talked about a lot that he was struggling with with that so I don't know. And, you know, ever since J.D. Martinez, you know, since the World Series that we won, he's he's just kind of fell off since that year. Like 2019, he started to regress. And then 2020, I mean, he just had an abysmal year. So, I mean, it's, it's scary to see. I mean, he was a big part of our team. I don't, I don't know if he's just going to be like, you know, one of those vets that just has name brand value or whatever, or just like, I don't know. But it's just scary to see. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's just a tough rebuild to see in Boston for what was such a really talented team. Uh, that's definitely probably hurt the fan base the most. Um, but Ben Attendee, it could be good riddance, but maybe they could have gotten more out of him rather than a injury-prone 25, 26-year-old prospect that hasn't lived up to the hype. He's got a good swing just with the yeah. low average and, you know, high strikeout guy with just a lot of pop and nothing more than that. Go ahead, Sean. Sorry. We, uh, we did also, no, you're good. We did also get uh, a bunch of picks too, or, you know, players to be named, whatever they call it in the MLB. I don't know how yeah. to do it, but uh, yeah. Cause from the Mets, they ended up uh, giving us, uh, they gave us a pick or a player to be named. And then we also got two from uh, the Royals. So who knows? I mean, with baseball, you can find a, a stud anywhere so yeah but the royals could make a little no i'm kidding i mean they they look good <laughs> on paper uh but i don't think they're competing anywhere in that division i mean they got so now they got ben attendee they got Mondesi, right they signed carlos santana salvador perez had hell of a season but uh, i think the royals days are past them um the pitching doesn't really do anything special so they got to build with prospects too and see where they go from there but maybe uh, change the scenery to an, a Royals team that's really not paid attention too much anymore. Uh, that could make a difference for his game, but we're going to see how it works. I think Khalil Lee to the Mets is an odd three way trade that just happened. Uh, so we got to see with that too, but yeah, this was interesting. I did not expect him to go to the Royals one day. I expected him to the A's or some other team. Yeah. No, what you got? Yeah. The, you know, the projections are really weird to me. Like they said that the, the Red Sox are going to go 80 and 82. And to me, that just seems a little high. Like I, maybe I'm, I, I don't know, like 80 and 82, especially when you're playing the Yankees, Rays and Blue Jays and the Orioles team that fights hard. Like they're not an easy team to put away, especially last year. They played good at sometimes. So I, I just thought that was yeah. kind of weird. Great. No, point, I, I got to agree with you there. Yeah. 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 As a rebuilding team, you're not going to go near 500. Yeah. No. That, like, when was the last – like, we saw the, the those uh, Braves a, a few seasons ago. I think it was 2018. Like, they kind of came out of the woodwork and were dominating or whatever. Like, hmm. but you don't you, – like, that Red Sox team, I just don't see that happening. And that was the other thing. 
the Braves were predicted to be 82 and 80. And I Thank was, you. I was going to mention that. Yeah. I think it's all bullshit. Yeah, me too. I, I was like, what? They have the Mets know. winning like 90 plus yeah. games. Give me a, I was talking about it previously. Give me a fucking break. I mean, the ground, <laughs> they have the best offense this past season. They still can't get run support for the ground. Syndergaard can play one in every 20 million starts. They don't have the pitching past that. Yeah. And their bullpen is one of the worst. Give me a break. And Lindor is a good player, but is he really the difference maker for the Mets? Give me, give me a break. Come on now. I don't I see agree. the Mets doing anything. I agree. I just think some of the projections were ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. The Mets are always expected to be 90 plus or 88 wins total, do damage, and they get 74 wins. Uh, give me a fucking break. Yeah. The Braves are going to win that division, <laughs> hands down. And yeah, the the Phillies are ahead of the Braves by a game, according yeah. to these oh, guys. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, let's go Phillies. Who's let's... who's who's doing this list? Aaron Nola's going to go I mean, twenty six and zero. Yeah, with a what? What? I'm, <laughs> what? what? I, I, I I'm looking at this list, having like like a heart so, attack. So yeah, I I I don't know who's doing these lists. I don't know who this is a baseball prospectus. No, what can I get? Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. I mean, seriously, <laughs> Dude, Sean, Sean, you agree, right? Like this yeah. is crazy. I mean, I, like I said, you guys know I'm unbiased, but looking yeah. at that Red Sox uh, thing, I was like, no, no fucking way. They're <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. Like, come and, on. Like, and like, you're, you're so fair to the point. It's like, it's like, come on, dude. Like they're yeah. going 82 and 80. So unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, uh, even uh, last year we didn't even do that. And we had a better <laughs> squad than we this year exactly yeah Yeah, Yeah. i agree i because because you know what and that was the thing about the red sox like it was i remember it was just hard for them to find like you said like starting pitchers like it was like they're going to their bullpen doing doing openers and it's like such a crazy season that you had 60 games to fill it you know but i just that that to me i looked at that like how does that how does that have any credibility for for Mm -hmm. for this for you know it doesn't make sense yeah no both transactions were pretty crazy, but I, I want to know what the Red Sox were smoking, you know? Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I really don't have a clue on that one. I think they got a, they could have gotten more out of it rather than just Cordero and some stuff out of it. Maybe a better major league ready player, but uh, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to football. And I want to move on to that boys. We got the whole hall of fame updates and who made it, who's in And we also got the award winners from the 2020 season. We obviously concluded the season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning Super Bowl 55. Um, Fucking told everyone so. Woo! So I needed to get that out there. We all did, by the way. Yeah. All all three of us. All three of us. I just want everyone that went for the, the Chiefs just know. Like Patrick Mahomes finally went down and he went down hard, you know? Uh, I mean, it was not Mahomes' fault in the slightest. No, no, it was yeah. he had no O line. Tyreek Hill was actually yeah. covered for once. <laughs> yeah, the man was running for his life. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. It just what happened with Reed has been unfortunate news, and I don't think he was ready to coach in uh, that kind of situation so soon. So much credit yeah. for the Chiefs doing what they did, but it just looks like they weren't ready to play. I agree. I agree. You know? And, you know, I just no. want to tell a quick story. I, I thought it was funny. Uh, I looked – I wanted to look at the stats just to see kind of what was going on. So I look and I see 
uh, Tyree Kill's name and I see one and five. So one reception and five yards. I'm like, holy crap. I thought I was like, I was like, there's no way. I look, it was one carry for five yards. I felt like that time when Sean on last the sports fever last time when Sean was like, I, I don't have any drinks. I'm I'm 20 years old. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn 21. Like I felt so bamboozled. I was like, Sean tricked me. The stats are tricking me. The MLB doesn't know how to project who's gonna win games. I mean, what's going on? But yeah, I but uh yeah, no, I agree. I think I think Andy Reid wasn't ready. It seemed like uh I think it didn't help that Patrick Holmes had that foot problem, but it really wasn't his fault. I mean, there were balls that he threw that were I mean, the one where he's flying to the ground, like that was crazy, crazy. And like, he's, he's accurate enough to get it there. Now I didn't, he wasn't perfect, obviously. And I think the next Super Bowl he's in, he needs to have a phenomenal game and, and like have everything to come together because, you know, his legacy, I think could be affected if he has more of those games where he's struggling, but he's already got a championship. He'll, he'll figure it out. Yeah, but the one thing that scares me, everyone says the Chiefs are going to be back and better than ever, which I do agree with in the short term. But when Mahomes has big-time contract, my question is, can they really afford the guys that are going to be free agents in the future? You know, it's kind of like the Bauer to the Dodgers situation. I don't know, man. They might be in the process when that contract is getting further and further in that – it's going to be tougher and tougher to pay other guys the money that they want. So I think the window is actually half open for the chiefs more than people think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, now I want to actually get into awards besides the Buccaneers winning super bowl 55. We have had a lot of announcements, including some hall of fame class updates for 2021 Uh, guys that got in were included offensive lineman, Alan Fineka, uh, head coach Tom Flores, wide receiver Megatron Sean Johnson, <laughs> Calvin Johnson, safety John Lynch, well deserved. I think it's about time he made it in, especially. Same with Calvin Johnson, quarterback Peyton Manning, Drew Pearson as well, and one of my favorite players of all time, Charles Woodson. So the class of 21 was a really good one. Congratulations to those guys. Uh, tremendous careers. Noah, I'll come to you first on this. Do you have like any kind of opinion on this to where who should have made it or who should not have made it in the uh, Hall of Fame class? You know, it's, it's hard to say. I, I feel like, you know, football is one of those sports like baseball that they really, the whole thing is really taken seriously. Well, at least not until a couple of weeks ago with the MLB, but, you know, we won't get into that. I mean, this had some big names though. Like, the, you know, Peyton Manning and Calvin Johnson, Charles Wood, like those are big names. And it's, it's cool to see that they, um, that they got in. I, I just want to go on a little bit about Peyton Manning. Please do. I remember, I remember, yeah, I remember first getting into football. Uh, I think, I think the first like Super Bowl I watched was the, uh, the Saints versus the Colts. And like, those are two legend quarterbacks. And at the time, maybe they were just getting into their careers and both of them, like, even though the Saints came out, like put it put it against the Colts, like brought it brought all they had, like I, I just remember seeing those two and just being like, all right, I'm gonna keep an eye on these two and see where they where they're able to go during their career. And it's just it was really cool to watch. I rooted for the Saints in that Super Bowl and see how you know both of their careers ended and both obviously Peyton Manning's getting in and Drew Brees is gonna be you know soon behind him after he retires the season and in however many years I think it's five. 
Um, but it, it's just cool to see somebody like Peyton, who I think is such a consummate professional who did such a great job and uh, make it, make it into the whole thing. So he, yeah. he's the one I wanted to kind of highlight. And I think before Brady won his seventh Manning was in contest of being considered the best quarterback of all time, just to the fact that what he had to work with compared to Brady, you know, and there could be still situations where it's like that, but it's really hard to kind of compare the two at this point right now with what he did with the Buccaneers and Brady really proved he's not a system QB, but uh, much credit. I think Peyton Manning so well-deserved for everything he's been through. Uh, Sean, what's your take on this whole Hall of Fame class and everything like it? Uh, I definitely like some uh, some of the bigger names. I love Calvin Johnson, one of my favorite all-time wide receivers. Uh, a lot of people, Dom, you're not going to like this at all, but a lot of people did not like Charles Woodson getting in for some reason. Really? What the Yeah, they fuck? were like, com- they were comparing his stats. They were like, oh, you know what they do on Twitter, like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you two stat minds. Here's player A, here's player B. You tell me which looks better. And, you know, they were doing all that stuff. And I was just like, I mean, it's it's Charles Woodson. Like, I think it was because he had a lot of picks. They were complaining something about that. They were like, Oh, you know, he like he doesn't get a lot of sacks or something like that. But I'm like, he's a fucking safety. Like, he's what do you a, want him to on. do? It's what crazy. is it? It's crazy. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a little ridiculous. If, if you give people enough time to bitch and moan about whatever they want to, they will. I mean, yep. you go on Twitter, you go every, I mean, everything. They will just, they'll take their time in telling you how they've been screwed over and how. Yeah. It, people are all talk on the keyboard and not in person. You yeah. Know? You know, that's the issue with all these platforms, especially Twitter is where I see the most, the most of it. So, but Great takes, boys. I'm happy with the whole class, and I'm glad Megatron's really in. That man was a fucking fighter. Um, but I'll get into <laughs> I'll get the fact that he had to deal with the Lions, and you know, that's, you're right. That's why. That's why. You're uh, right. But uh, we'll get into some of the awards, not everything, because I think some of them, no offense, are a little ridiculous. Uh, for rookie of the year, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see what. Oh my god! All right. Some of these are. I don't know. I just like going to like the the players and the coaches and not yeah. like some of these are just like, come on, I can go, I can go past it right now. But uh, the rookie of the year presented by Pepsi goes to the Chargers quarterback and Justin Herbert. A lot of people said it should have been Justin Jefferson, but the way Herbert fucking played on the Chargers was unreal. I think the Dolphins should have picked him over Tua, but give Tua some weapons and give him some time. Do not pass on him so quickly. Herbert, well-deserved man's going to be a phenom. Keenan Allen, he's got his weapon. He's got his number one wide receiver, but the Chargers got to build around that, and let's hope they do quickly. I mean, I kind of hope not just because they're in my division as a Raider fan. So, uh, well-deserved for Justin Herbert, boys. How are you feeling, Sean? Uh, Justin Herbert, yeah. The only reason I was like, eh, about it just because was the Chargers, uh, you know, their, their record. Yeah, but yeah, he played amazing. That record uh, did not really show how good of a quarterback he is. Not good to point. mention, he came in late too. Uh, it was Tyrod Taylor starting there for a while, right? Or uh, probably like for the first else? two to three weeks, if I can remember. And yeah, then he had like the punctured lung where yeah. uh, it accidentally mm-hmm. went wrong. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And Herbert came in and was just lights out. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Shaw throw the flashbacks. 
And that <laughs> you're right, Sean, because that was there was a lot of there were a lot of memes about you know the the Chargers doctor who yeah, <laughs> yeah. doesn't know what he's. I mean that that guy who is that guy because that's brutal for him. Brutal. Yeah, brutal, imagine man. puncturing the starting court. Imagine like somebody did that to Tom Brady. He oh he'd be hung like oh <laughs> like, fired everything in the book. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Herbert was just pretty exciting to watch, even though I hated him. I'll never forget against the Raiders, and the Raiders were really going into disarray late into the season. They're in Las Vegas, so it's still so weird to say. And uh, Herbert gets a go-ahead touchdown with a little quarterback sneak. He's like, I'm in, I'm in. And uh, they, the refs looked back at the, at the play, and they said, yeah, Herbert's in for a touchdown. So that was pretty funny because the one camera guy got that. I saw that all over social media too. So – for Defensive Player of the Year now, we'll move on. It goes to the L.A. Rams player, Aaron Donald. I think no surprise here. He's been a fucking beast for so long now. Um, one of the best defensive players out there besides J.J. Watt. But Donald can really stay healthy. Um, I'm loving the move, boys. Uh, I, I think this is well-deserved for Aaron Donald. I Honestly, I'd love to say this well-deserved because, you know, he's a great player. He's been dominant his whole career. But have you seen T.J. Watt's numbers compared to him? Well, T.J. Watt's been actually on, like, another level. But, no, I have not compared the two. I'm telling you, I think T.J. Watt actually got robbed. And right. that's right. – I hate the Steelers. Yeah, coming coming from a Cowboys and Bengals fan, I'm not a big fan of the Steelers. But he – I mean, you got to look at it when you get the chance. He deserved that. Well, can you actually pull it up for me if you can? But it's, I, uh, I'll let – I can pull it up. Give me a yeah, second. yeah, yeah. I'll let here. I'll get Noah's take on this one, and then Sean, yeah. I'll go right back to you for that. I mean, you know, I think, I think also kind of probably what had to do with the decision, and I'm, I, I can't wait to see these numbers. Is that that Rams defense was really good this season? Like oh. they were like top in the league, um, but so were the Steelers. Like the Steelers, the re- the only reason they were in those games, especially early on in the season, was because of the defense. Like they. Yep. You know, the Steelers' receiving core was, you know, good, but they had no running game, and it was really relying on uh, what the defense was able to do. And that's why I think the Steelers were, you know, good or whatever people were saying. Yeah, they're the great – they're undefeated. Like, they, yeah. I mean, the biggest fluke of all time because then they go, what, 12-4 and four end up in the season, 1-4 one to one and four to end the season. So Yeah, exactly. Um, and all I got to say to that is Corvette, Corvette. <laughs> yeah, Juju, dance – Dance on their their logo. Uh, yeah. their logo. Yeah, dance. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, what a exactly. dummy. I know. What a good, nice guy, but come on, dummy. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah. It's amazing, too, how Juju went from one of the most beloved players to one of the I most agree. annoying hated players within I a year. Think, I think he was really like – he. I loved him. And I'm not saying I hate him, but, like, yeah. true, he got a lot of crap. And, like, his teammates were seeing the, the crap for it, too, kind of, because it's like they were getting questioned about it. And then he's eventually like – I think I'm going to stop doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good for you. Like, yeah, good. It adds an extra thing that you don't – it just Yeah, mean. exactly. Um, so, Sean, going back to you wanting to compare T.J. Watt to Donald and why Watt was robbed of an award, uh, can you get into that for me, actually? Yeah, of course. All right, so getting into Donald's year. So he had 16 games played. He played the entire season – and keep in mind, T.J. Watt missed the game. So he was at 15 games while Aaron Donald played every single game. And then we'll compare their stats here. So getting into the tackles, Aaron Donald had 45 tackles. That's a 
very good year for tackles. But then we get into TJ Watts. He had 53 tackles. So, again, missed the game, and he beat him on tackles. So we'll get into, you know, another big uh, D-lineman stat is the sacks. We look at the sacks for the year, 13.5 for Donald, which, again, amazing. But we look at TJ Watt, he had 15. So, I mean, the two biggest stats you're looking at if you're a defensive lineman are tackles and sacks. And TJ Watt beat him on both while not playing a game. And then the thing that did it for Aaron Donald, I believe, is the forced fumbles because he had four. But TJ Watt had two. So he really yeah. only lost in, you know, forced fumbles by two. And then the pass deflections, which, you know, when you're on the line, it, it is a pretty big stat, you know, getting the hand up. It, you know, it, it happens for some D linemen with the longer arms. But uh, uh, Aaron Donald had one and TJ Watt had seven. So, I mean, just looking back at the and, – and then also not to mention, T.J. Watt had an interception on the year too. Yeah. And yeah. Donald didn't. Donald so, didn't. I mean, you tell me who had the better year. That's a really good comparison, man. And T.J. Watt early in the year was getting a lot of recognition, and I feel like once the Steelers started to get back down to earth, no one wanted to pay attention to T.J. Watt and the team anymore. So the celebrations really didn't come in handy or anything like that. That's a great comparison. Obviously, now that we you talked about it, um, I would consider Watt as the award winner compared to Donald. Both tremendous years, but Watt in every category except for one barely, you know, surpassed yeah. Donald. And, and here's two more stats. Sorry to cut you off there, Noah. I'm going to get this off real quick. Uh, tackle for losses. That's another huge stat yeah. as a defensive lineman. Watt had 23-14 for Donald. And then Donald hit the quarterback 28 times. Watt hit him 23 times. So he's behind a little That's bit. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Not 23. That was the tackle for losses. He hit him 41 times. The wow. Compared so, to 28. Has, has um, J, has T, uh, TJ Watt, has he won a defensive player of the year before? I don't think so. I so think this what? is his biggest year yet. And, and Aaron Donald, though, he has before this, right? Yes. Or, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I don't, that's weird. I, I could it. I would say like, oh, it's name, you know, recognition. But TJ Watt's a pretty. I mean, that that name Watt is a pretty big deal. And it's getting bigger, but Donald yeah. is the one on top. Yeah, yeah he's the know? guy. I I know what you mean. It's just crazy to think like the. Not only is it a, is it a good comparison, it seems like TJ Watt is a little more don like more dominant. Yeah. You know? yeah. But that's crazy. I I, I like uh, like that, Sean. I didn't. I yeah. did not. Thank know you, Sean. That. Good job, Sean. Let's go. Go, Sean. He brings it. He's not even excited right now because this is him at a usual day. He's this like this. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, in the office. You know, you know. <laughs> this is in the office for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the office. Yeah. In our in our uh, in our uh, rooms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> but uh, I'll move on to a couple more. And for this one, the off- offensive player of the year goes to Titans running back Derrick Henry. The man's not a fucking human. He's a machine. <laughs> I mean, really, this guy, I see him, whether it's in real life or the Madden video games, he will have 20 guys grabbing onto his legs, and he's still trucking through and getting touchdowns, getting big yards per game, and he can even make some nice catches as a back. Yeah, um, I think there's no question here. Derrick Henry was just on another planet. Um, I'm assuming you guys – Nodding your heads, think the same thing. It, it makes you. It makes you really wonder uh, that that playoff game against the Ravens. That Ravens yeah. defense really took care of him 
and that's the, but that's a testament to how good they were. Like, oh yeah, they, they came to play, and they're. I mean, it's not really Derrick Henry's fault. He ran into a wall, and they were actually able to stop him. So, yeah, know, it's just crazy. Yeah. So I'm gonna get into two or three more. In fact, actually, I'll go into a couple more because the Deacon Jones Award, Sean, went to T.J. Watt, the pass rusher that you think should have won. Uh, defensive player of the year so he did get a little something but let's hope for the future you know he can get that category if he has another year just like this one you know yeah absolutely I mean it's it's a step in the road for him getting the Deacon Jones award again he was robbed a lot of people you know backed Aaron Donald but I mean I just looking at the stats I mean I, I should have done one of those things on Twitter, like, here's player A, here's player B. You you told me who had the better season. And then I'm like, oh, you found out player B was Aaron Donald, and everybody took TJ Watts stats. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty much like, everybody yeah, yeah. So for Defensive Rookie of the Year, instead of we went over Justin Herbert, it's now Chase Young, who has been incredible for the Washington football team as their defensive end and their one of their top-tier picks. Uh, he's been great. I think he's got a bright future, boys, especially if he's winning in this category at this young this young of an age. Eh? Get it? You, that really that's bad. a great joke, Dom. Thank <laughs> you. Great there joke. we go. That's what Dom was looking <laughs> for. <laughs> I looked away for a second. I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, but Chase Young, I think he's a beast. He really knows how to get through the O-line and make his swim moves to quarterbacks. He couldn't do it really well against Brady. The Buccaneers are ready for that, but the kid's got a bright future. And so I do as well think with Taylor Heineke, who was just extended uh, of a contract. I'm so excited to see what he can do. I really Me am. too. Me too. Yeah. So Because the him. way he played. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, good for him and good for Chase Young. And two more I'm getting into just rather quickly because we'll talk about it. But uh, comeback player of the year goes to no one else but Washington football team's quarterback, Alex Smith. There was a lot of controversy, whether it was him, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins had issues off the field. He really didn't produce on the field. Alex Smith was really what helped this team get to the playoffs and just establish a name for themselves, even though they don't really have one right now. (laughs) Um, So Alex Smith with that gruesome leg injury that was just, it's tough to talk about as he almost died from what happened to it. He comes back, he's stepping on the football field, and he's slinging and he's reeling and dealing with the Washington football team. Uh, he played at his own pace. Noah, I believe you said that to me before, man. Um, what's your take on Alex Smith winning this? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's really impressive because I, I think every single player in the league had so much respect for him even before this happened. Yep. And for him to work the way he did, I mean, I, I was uh, – I was in Fuddruckers uh, a couple weeks ago, which is a great restaurant up by me. I don't know you guys, if you I've guys have been it. there, but oh, yeah, I, t- I probably yeah, have talked yeah. about it. But I, I was sitting there eating, and I looked up at the TV, and it showed the injury of, you know, the, the like they did an e- E60 or something like that, where it showed where they cut and what they did to the, it was just, it was really gruesome. Like the fact that he was able to come back from that. I don't think there's a better story in the league this year, maybe in the last five years or 10 years, like of somebody working back, being come back, like Tom Brady talked to him after that. Game. It's just like, it's so awesome to see somebody with a good attitude, like working hard, do something like that. It's just awesome. 
I get that, man. Sean, what's your take, buddy? Again, that's amazing comeback story. I loved him in Kansas City. It's terrible to see him go down with that leg injury. And it was, I mean, like Noah said, it was brutal. I mean, they almost yeah. had to amputate it. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys know that? Yeah. 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 Uh, that's a good point. It's yeah. true. It's yeah, true. I mean, going from going from almost having your leg amputated and you know never having a chance in the NFL again, pretty much, to coming to back to the, be the comeback player of the year. I mean, that's that's insane. I'm so happy for him, man. Even though he's a he's a part of the football team, I'm, I'm happy. For him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question, no doubt about it. He was getting comeback player of the year with the performance. One hundred percent. He displayed. Last but not least, before we get into our little fun and final segment, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP for this season. Once again, I think no doubt about it, it sucks what happened in the conference championship and, you know, the shitty job that the Packers just defense was. And uh, Rodgers really didn't produce too well either. But Rodgers during the season did. 48 touchdowns and five picks for uh, a man that is 37 years old. It's fucking crazy. 13 and three, he led the Packers to a great record uh, once again, but just fell short of a Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl title. Um, but the man had numbers f- just around 4,300 passing yards and a completion percentage of just under 71%. Boys, no question, no doubt about it. No doubt, no doubt about it. I agree. I, I think he easily won looking at his stats compared to everybody else. I mean, yeah, he he had a great season. How many picks did he throw? Five. Like five, yeah. 48 I mean, to five ratio of touchdowns to interceptions. Yeah. I mean, like, Jameis Winston last year threw that in one game. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Like, <laughs> oh, man. He's just such a good quarterback for our generation. We, we have a lot of generational amazing quarterbacks. So we, yeah. we love to see it. I hope none of us take any of them in, for granted. Yeah. But – uh. Yeah, I, I love how, you know, the year started and everyone was like, oh, Russell Wilson, he's going to win. And yeah. <laughs> no, he threw too many picks. Happened with that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. And, and that, and that Seahawks offense, or offense is just, was just abysmal, like all season. Like they, yeah. they just figured out ways to win. It was crazy. Two things, quick things. I remember I, I watched, I was watching this one guy from Barstool Sports and he was, he's, he's a, a Chicago Bears fan. And he said, it's because, it's unbelievable how every time he rears back to throw the ball, there's somebody open. It's unbelievable. Or he'll, he'll get you the ball, even if you're not open. It's crazy how good he is. My problem, I'm, I, you guys probably know that I, I'm not a Packers hater, but I think the fans are a little bit delusional. And I think that the team surrounding him has never been the 13-3 and three record that it shows. Like last I'm year's defense – Last yeah, uh, last year's team, both these past two teams made it to the NFC Championship. Faced the 49ers, Faced uh, this year they faced the Buccaneers. So like, they're they're they get there, but they're just not able to close the deal. So that's my only issue with them. So especially this year at home in like twenty something degree weather in you know Green Bay, you had to get it done against the Florida team, and you didn't. They did not play like they did in the regular season and bully easy teams. Um, so I agree. Their 13 and three record doesn't really show their dominance at all. I think it shows the opposite of what yeah. they're really made of. But yeah, but for Rogers, well deserved for him. Sucks that he couldn't kind of get it done in the playoffs and fell short yet again. This time to Brady. So 
but you always got next year, I guess. You got to surround the man with wide receivers besides Devontae Adams and don't take a backup fucking quarterback, you know? I mean, you got to go young at some point, but was this the right answer as of right now? Because you want to win a championship. Now, go get that Lombardi. Really really quick, though. Yeah. I don't hate that move from the Packers. Yes, it would have been nice to, you know, you know, let me, let me rephrase this. I think if they had taken a quarterback later in that draft, it would have been even better because, yes, get Rodgers some help right now, fill the positions that he needs. But at the same time, the quarterback that's taken over his spot, he needs a few years to learn from him. Oh, I agree. I, I didn't hate the move, but uh... – yeah, if they got a guy later on and yeah. learned under Rodgers, that would have been fine. I mean, so many guys have done it. Like, really, didn't Rodgers have to wait some time till Favre was going? Yeah, and, and it was it was a big controversy because yeah. it's like Brett Favre's not letting him, you know, take the reins. He's gonna, you know, because there was that whole thing where Brett would retire and come mm-hmm. back and retire yeah. and go. He went to the the Jets and then went to the Vikings. So like he Brett Favre was all over the place. But yeah, exactly. That was a big issue. That was a big issue in in, in uh, uh, Green Bay. Yeah, and yeah. I, I agree, Sean. I get that because you got to have these young kids actually learn and don't just throw them in the fire and then criticize them. But for right now, I would have been fine if they drafted a quarterback, but I think the main priority is a wide receiver just because of the fact that you need to win a Lombardi now with Rodgers before time is up. But you also have the backup quarterback too. You can't just take the quarterback and not surround Rodgers with any weaponry. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you got yeah. a point there. But great point. I, think uh, I do one, think. One more thing that I do want to bring up, which huh? this is – you know, it's on the track of Aaron Rodgers. But uh, before we get to whatever we do in the last segment, if I mean, if you don't believe that Tom Brady is, you know, is, is the real shit, just Tom Brady has been in the NFC for one season. <laughs> and he has the same amount of appearances, you know, in the, in the Super Bowl from the NFC standpoint as Rodgers and Brees. And Brees. I, I mean yeah. – it, listen, it is. I, I'm so glad that like there are other people who see it because I talk to people and they just are so hateful of them. Like, don't you think I would hate him too? I am a Jets fan who watched yep. every season for ten years, clobber us to the point of of just absolute depression. <laughs> and you you guys can't at least admit that he's the greatest of all time. Yeah, come on. It's not the worst even, part. He's got more than the, any other Giants franchise. Fans. Yeah. So all the Giants fans that do it too. Yeah. And, and if anything, they should love him. They beat him twice in the twice. Super Bowl. Twice. Twice. There's two guys on this planet, two quarterbacks on this planet who have gone to the Super Bowl and beat him. Eli Manning, just picture that face in your head. Hold on. Let's picture that face in your head. Look <laughs> at that face. Look at that face on the beach with his with his shirt <laughs> off. What the hell is going on? And then, and then you got Nick Foles, who is, yep. who is a perennial poopy in in the in the regular season <laughs> until that season when he comes and in he's, and he's only go with the eagles system. yeah yeah everyone's like everyone should get nick Foles. like he's not even that good he was just great during that run you yep. know with with that play calling and that team like they, it all came together the right way i mean with frank reich and doug peterson but like calm down everyone it's like I, i'm so glad you said that sean because it makes me yeah. feel better. like we all agree he's he, he was the GOAT before this, but, like, it's not nice. He proved it. He was yeah. not a system quarterback, right? He yeah. did it with Tampa. Arians even admitted, I just let him go out there and play. Yeah. And I, uh, it's a team effort, but the fact that 
Brady is going to get the recognition because he's fucking 43 years old and he's still doing this. He goes, he doesn't, he's not familiar with the NFC. Yep. He's going out there as a number five, 11 and five Tampa Bay team and doing this on the road three times. Yep. And then you get rewarded home field advantage technically in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, do you, do you realize though, how frustrating it is as a Cowboys fan, especially living in the area that I do, (laughs) especially at school. I mean, I am, in between Eagles fans and Giants fans all the time. Yeah. And all I got to hear is, oh, if it wasn't for us, Brady would be 10 and 0. Oh, oh yeah. my. Eli Manning, he's he's better than Tom Brady. Yeah. God, shut the hell up. You know, and, and I, and I got to defend Cowboys fans right now because everyone goes on about how they're all over the place. They're hearing whatever. Like, I got a way bigger problem with Philly fans than I do. And oh, I, yeah. I can't Thank really – I can't really Thank say New York fans because I'm kind of one of, but I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like you're a realistic fan though. You are. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I think we pretty much all are in this and even Anthony and stuff, but like, I think Philly fans are pretty delusional. a lot. They of are. I mean, like, they think the Phillies are going to be winning the division with what they got right now. I'm dead ass serious. Like, we got Joe, we got Joe Girardi. I'm like, yeah, oh, Joe Girardi. yeah. I the love one, him. I love Girardi, yeah. but come but on, the, look at the, the one roster. Sport. Yeah. The offense is great. And I'm glad they got back DD. Well deserved for that money. I think he had hell of a season. But man, their pitching is fucking doo doo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's ridiculous. I mean, and and like this is it's just it's just frustrating to me because you watch you like just sit back and let the players do the talking, and, and then you let the the analysts do it. And and a lot of times those analysts say stupid things. You call them out for it. But I just yeah. think that they the things they say are just ridiculous. I, I know, yeah. I know. And I as a, as a partial New York fan too. Like, you know, because I'm a Rangers fan. Rangers fan. And, yeah, boy, Rangers and the all Knicks the way. Too, yeah. I mean, it's it's as delusional as it gets. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I as you guys know, I've mentioned multiple times before, I'm unbiased. I see everything from different points of views. Yeah. But, like, Knicks fans are the worst. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. And, but that also goes for Giants fans, too. Like, it's that's not just the Cowboys in me that hates Giants fans saying that. But, I mean, everything is, like, Oh, you know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna get Kevin Durant. We're gonna get Zion. We're gonna get Kyrie. Yeah, it's it's delusional yeah. over and deluge. over and over again. It's del- I, I that's what I say. I say it's deluge. I, yeah. I shorten <laughs> deluge. <laughs> deluge. They're deluge. I mean, these people dumb deluge. Deluge. You can't be afraid. And I like that the Knicks are building young. You know. Yeah. And Rose, good veteran presence. He had a pretty big game. A tough loss though to the Heat. Um, <laughs> yeah, hardly, very very. Hard fight, but just, mm. just, oh man, if they got that done, they're riding the ship kind of a little bit below 500, but you know, that's what I think we expected. And we're hoping that they go at least 500 or even a little above it. So it's a learning year, you know, just like for the Rangers boys. Yes. Um, we're sticking Definitely. together. All right. So Ranger, this is the Ranger boys right here. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Yes. By the way, our Temi Panarin is only out of club day to day. Day to day. Yeah. Thank, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it didn't yeah. look good, but you know we'll, we'll work. Future heart winner this season. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Getting better every year he plays, baby. <laughs> he's um, so good. He's oh, he is. God. And now that we talked about so many sports within like the past like couple of minutes, this is actually perfect yeah. because this final segment is an interesting one. Now, one on our show with the sports roundup, we got into our favorite Super Bowl foods and snacks and all that. But I want to expand it because we really got into talking more about just foods in general. We obviously have nice appetites for food and I want to expand it. 
let's say there's no COVID, you know, we get to actually go to fucking games for once and uh, full house, right? If you go to any kind of game, we'll go into each sport that we really watch. What's your favorite, like, go-to food? And also, like, what do you maybe not prefer? If you have, like, a food that you just totally don't go for, then you can mention that as well. If not, that's totally fine, boys. But I'll start off first, right? So for Major League Baseball is my number one in the sport. When I go to the games, I prefer myself, you know, a hot dog or even the nachos there are pretty damn good. Um, any kind of baseball traditional food. Uh, you go, you get it with a soda or even a bottle of water, anything like that. I'm not too picky with the drink. But the one food I actually do not prefer are the, the crab fries. I don't know if that's just at Philly games. Really? Um, I don't know if that's a Philly thing. It's a Philly uh, thing, yeah. It is, right? Yeah. I thought so. But yeah, I went once and I got them. It, first off, the bucket's fucking insane. It's like huge. <laughs> and there's a lot in it. And I'm eating it with it, and they're expensive. I mean, man, uh, it's like, and then a bottle of water is like eight seventy with it. It's like, come on, uh, I don't know. I think they're with the dipping sauce it came with, it made it better. But like by itself, it kind of had such a a weird spice to it, to where I think it was just like, you know, I tasted. It, I was like, it was like a little too much. And then you keep on going, and then it starts piling up. And then I don't know. I was just wasn't the biggest advocate of it as other people are. Like. You guys the same way? Are you guys feel that crab fries are like legitimate? Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the crab fries. Me too. Right. I've been to my fair wow. share of Phillies games. I've watched a lot of Red Sox games. There still still haven't watched the Red Sox win. By the way, I've seen no. them get blown out by the oh. Phillies like three times. Oh. Terrible. Been like nine games. But you know, not to get off track. <laughs> I, I do. I do like those crab fries. They're they're pretty good. I love the seasoning on them. Whatever they do yeah. to it, it's 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 pretty good. Wow. Do, do they do they have the cheese sauce too? That's what I, I think. What I was talking yep. about, yeah. Right? That's what yeah. actually that, at yep. least makes it. You know, that's, I think yeah, terrible. I think that's what adds a lot to it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. You know, Dom, like the most the thing that I want at a baseball game is the most refreshing, like cold kind of thing. So, like dipping dots are such a perfect snack. You Ooh, know, during man. it, right? Oh, yeah. no, you just threw it back right, right. there. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, before we end the show, I do want to talk about that because you, oh my goodness, dude. Like when I used to go to like the arcade as a kid with my dad and stuff, we used to get dipping dots after they're like, we went on like the go-karts and stuff all the time. Yeah. Oh my God. And like dipping dots is like that rare kind of like foods where any flavor you can't go wrong with, you know? It's just always good. Picky. Yeah, it's always and- good. The nostalgia as a kid, it's just such a good snack. I mean, th- again, like if I'm going to baseball game, especially in that summer, I want I, I, like after, you know, towards the sixth, seventh inning, like something refreshing, like an ice cream cone, chocolate ice cream cone or a swirl. And then, you know, the dipping dots are, and, and like you were, you, I think you were going to say the helmets, the helmets. Yeah. You saw my face right touch. there. Yeah. yeah, you, you, you yeah. Saw, um, in fact, the, like the little helmets that they come in, whether you get the ice cream or the dipping dots, it's like got the little logo on it. I, lo- yeah. I love those kind of things. I think I have the blue claws one. And uh, I also think I got a Phillies one from a long time ago. So even the minor league teams do it. It's really cool. Um, they're it's, fashion. It's so cool. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing about like going to a game or going somewhere 
It's like you have, it does depend. I think you said this on, on our other show that it does depend where you are. Like it, it yeah. is important where you are to, to get the best thing. But like, I think the most consistent snack for, or, you know, kind of food at a game for me is, is like a soft pretzel. I just think Ooh. it's so, it, it's so versatile. You could get it really anywhere. And I just, I love a soft pretzel. All right. If you have one, right. What mm-hmm. kind of dipping sauce oh, you're talking about with it? Man? I was about, I was thinking, I, I gotta be honest. I know a lot of people like mustard. I know some people like cheese. I can eat it by itself. I really can. Right. I can. Do you, do you like, <sighs> yeah. You know what? I would rather actually have it with cheese. I've had it with mustard for a long time, but I actually think it's too strong for the pretzel itself. Yeah. It I don't know if it's the mustard. Like. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe it's the brand of the mustard or something, you know, but. And, and, and to be honest, I'm not a big mustard guy. I really don't love mustard. I, I used I to as a know. kid, but I actually grew on ketchup now when it comes to like hot dogs or even. Yeah. You can't go wrong with it on pretzels too, right? I think we've, I, and I think we've talked about this too. <laughs> yeah, we but definitely okay, have. Let me ask you this. So I, I think, I don't know who I was talking to, but if you go to a baseball game, are you getting a hot dog? I know that's like the baseball thing. Yeah, it is the baseball I, thing. Uh, yeah, I think that's like the one thing I always lean on that or even with nachos um, as well. Yeah. I have that with it because I think the hot dogs are kind of small. Um, they're relatively yeah. not that big. And having it with nachos is pretty good. So you have that with a soda. You get some ice cream later in it. It's pretty good. You know, yeah, I mean, you you can fill the whole game with some, you know, a little snack here and there. Like for me, chicken, like you'll like if if I go to football, hockey, like I've gotten chicken fingers and then I'll get like a dessert at the end. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like you know what I always want to try? Uh, I always want to try like going to so many different ballparks and having their like yeah. city kind of like city edition food. What's like famous mm-hmm. in that ballpark? I always want to try that. You know, and you know, on Sunday, especially, I think it's Sunday night baseball. And yeah, I guess on any broadcast, you see them go into, into like the vendors and see what they're That's cooking. Right. What they're, I love that. I love that part because you get to see like what the, what the ballpark's known for. Yeah. Or what, you know, amazing. I think it's best in ballparks though. The food there, just how they, how they feel that is, is the best. They do the best job of it. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's what we're going to stick on for at least this show, you know, I, MLB ballparks really hit different with food. That's the tradition. That's yeah. the beauty of baseball too. Compared I agree. to going to a basketball game or even a football game, you kind of just eat whatever's there. You eat outside of the place for baseball. Yep. You look forward to just having a overpriced $27 hot dog <laughs> with, <laughs> with an $8 water bottle. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I remember, and not that I'm a big, you know, drinker necessarily, but I, when I was younger, like, you'd go into the, you know, maybe like in my teens, you'd go into the ballpark and my dad's talking about, and he's not a big drinker either, $9 beers or something like that. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's just crazy. Think about it. You go to those like hot summer day games, especially, and the beer gets warm within two minutes after you buy it. Like, you know, what's crazy city field. It's like, they have solid prices, especially compared to Yankee stadium. So it's like, it, it does depend on where you go. It's just frustrating. Yeah. I hear city field's really nice too. And Yankee stadium, even citizens bank, it's very expensive food. Uh, So I wonder what city feels like with that kind of stuff. They might be pretty, you know, loyal and lenient to the fan base. They're better. 
but the team hasn't been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, man. So. Yeah, great food talk, though. I know. I, you know what, Dom, I just want to say I've had such a great time. Like, this is an awesome show. And, I, you know, like having this podcast, you you running it, you, you, you're, you're like, you're awesome. It's just good job. No, you too, man. And, Sean, it was great having you too. Uh, he had to leave a little bit early, which is A-OK. We all yep. have some stuff to do. But that's all I have for you guys this Monday afternoon. Um, thank you again, Noah and Sean. And for more updates on my podcast, feel free to follow me on Twitter at DeRosaTake and tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. for new episodes. I'm out, guys. Peace.